Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. Before we moved into the warehouse and expanded to multiple campus locations, Rolling Hills met in a movie theater. And now we're visiting the movies once again in our series, At The Movies. Whether it be a hero's journey, a villain's downfall, or a fairy tale ending, everyone loves a movie with a good story. But every good story borrows from God's story. In this series, we're looking at five different movies to see how we can find faith stories in film. Now let's tune in. Good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. Welcome, everybody, here at our Franklin campus. Welcome to our online campus. So thankful we can worship our great God together. And wow, I'm still on cloud nine from last week. I just got to tell you, (laughs) being at the Ryman last week and all of us worshiping our great God together and the testimonies and God's word, it was powerful. It was so amazing. And I was so grateful and so thankful. And man, just to be there and be together and I loved it. And I'm so amazed at what God has done in 20 years and what God's going to continue to do, right? This is just the beginning. And we're on that journey together. And today we're starting a brand new series and it's called At the Movies. And I'm excited about this series because we're going to be talking about this. How do we grow in our faith as we look around at our surroundings? And how do we take those spiritual truths that are out there? Because God is the author of all truth. God is the author of every great story. And so we can find God's word and God's truth and all the things that we see. And you know, it's amazing when you think about that. We started in a movie theater, right? We met over at a private clubhouse, and we moved to the Marriott, and then we were in the movie theater in Cool Springs for five years. And some of you were there, right? And so every week, we're setting up our chair down. We were in Theater 15. So if you go see a movie in Theater 15, you can think we had worship there. We had babies in one of the smaller theaters, right? We had to bring in carpets because the theater floor is kind of nasty. I don't know if you know that, but so we're rolling out carpets every week. And then we had ones and twos and threes. We had 10 different theaters that we were using. And so we were used to be looking like a movie theater. We were used to people popping popcorn, right? When people were being baptized out in the lobby area. This is kind of who we are. It's kind of our DNA. And so we thought it'd be fun as we start this next 20, kind of looking at, right, these five movies in these five weeks and having fun with it. But you know, the great part at the movie theater was we were all in, right? Everybody had to jump in. Everybody was like, you know, serving and helping and it was taking all of us. And now I think about where we are today and what God's doing for all of us to join in, all of us, whatever it takes to making a difference for the glory of God. And I'm excited about that. And so we're gonna have different movie each week that we highlight and look for spiritual truths and what God wants to teach us from there. And if you really think about it, this is the way Jesus taught, right? I mean, you go back and you look in the New Testament and Jesus 
when he was teaching, he would be out there to be talking about these spiritual truths. And then he would go, hey, guys, look around. Look over there at that farmer. You see that farmer over there? He's out sowing his field with the seed. And he's out there. And some of the seed, it's falling on the path. And the birds are going to come and take it away. Some of the seed, look over there. Look at that seed. Look at that. Some of that seed's falling on the rocky soil. It's going to spring up quickly, but it's not going to have any roots, right? So it's going to die off. Some of that seed is among the thorns, and it's going to spring up, but then it's going to get choked out, right? And then later on, says the deceitfulness of wealth and the cares of this world will choke out that seed. He goes, but some of that seed is going to fall on good soil, and it's going to spring up and yield a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold. This is what Jesus did. He looked around the environment. He's like, hey, you see that mountain over there? If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say, hey, go be thrown in the ocean, right? You know, hey, look at that fig tree. It's not bearing any fruit. So he took his surroundings. Now, we don't live in an agricultural society anymore. Now, some of you I know live on a farm or something like that. But, but for most of us, right, we're in a subdivision or we're in an apartment. We're over here. And, and, but what we do have, we live in a digital age. And we've got movies, right? And a lot of movies, right? A lot of it. you got Netflix. we got Disney+. Plus, you got Amazon Prime. Maybe even go to a theater every now and then. I mean, not many people do that anymore. But you know, it's just amazing because we've got movies all around us. And yet, there's truth, right? You can see God's story in so many movies. Now, here's a disclaimer. There are some movies that are just horrible, okay? Don't watch those, okay? <laughs> Please, right? There's some movies that are just trash out there, right? You know, and, and you know that, right? As a Christ follower, you may be sitting up at night and you're flipping on something on Netflix and the Holy Spirit goes, don't watch this, okay? Just don't. I mean, it's not good. I mean, there's pornography, there's cussing, and you don't want to put that in your mind, right? Or in your kids' minds. You don't want those kind of things. It says in Philippians, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So you want to put things in your mind that are going to lead you to the Lord. You want to put wholesome things in your mind. But there are fun movies out there that are great, and we respond to because we go, man, I just connect with this. There's this battle between good and evil, and I can feel that in the world today, or, or this love story, you know, and you're just like, oh, you know, because God created love, and you're like, oh, that's, you know, so we see these connections there. So we're looking over the next five weeks at five movies that each highlight a purpose of the church. So we're talking today about evangelism, right? The five purposes of the church, evangelism, discipleship, fellowship, worship, and ministry. And so today we're talking about this first movie, and it's Endgame. It's Endgame, all right? So we're talking about evangelism, we're talking about Endgame. Now, some of you have seen Endgame because, I know that, because it's the second highest grossing movie of all time, all right? I mean, like, of all time. Anybody want to guess number one? Avatar, right, somebody got it. Number three, Titanic, okay? So right there in the middle, number two is Endgame. And Endgame was made by Marvel. And Marvel's kind of dominated the whole movie scene for the last 15 years. And in fact, if you really want to understand Endgame, right, you got to watch 10 movies that kind of lead up to, the, to it. Like, who has time for that, right? But maybe you have. I don't know. But what Marvel does is it takes our comic book heroes, that ones that we grew up kind of reading about in comic books, you know, and so you got Captain America, you got Hulk, you got Iron Man, you got Black Widow, you know, you've got Thor, and, and turns them into these real life action heroes. And they're coming down, and this is the last movie, this Endgame, it's the culmination. And so they all come together to fight the bad guy, right? It's epic, good versus evil. And the bad guy is this guy, Thanos. And Thanos is this really, really, really bad guy, okay? Really bad guy, right? He wants to destroy everybody. 
He's got all these legions that go out and they're just scary and, you know, they go out, you know, but here's Thanos and his whole desire, Thanos, is he's going to steal these power stones and then with the power stones, he's going to reduce all the population, got get rid of everybody, right? Go down to a single atom and rebuild the population in his image, right? He's ultimate power, ultimate authority, and he wants to do that. And the only people who are going to stop him, right, are these Avengers. The good guys are going to come in. And so I want you to see this. We got a super cut for you today just to see this three-minute clip. We're going to set it up, and then we'll talk more about it. So watch this. It's like, whatever it takes, let's go, let's store the castle, right? But they're going in to save the world. They're going in and save the population that what they do matters. And it's like, whatever it takes. So if you've got a worship guide today, I would invite you to pull out and we're going to take some notes today. If you're online, you go to the Rolling Hills app, there's some blanks to fill in. But why we resonate with this is because spiritually there's things that are happening that we see in the world today. And first is this, that we are in a spiritual battle. You know, we, we get these movies and there's good versus evil. And the reason, because there is a real spiritual battle that's taking place. I mean, it's really happening. And we know deep down inside. And so we resonate with these things. But we're in a spiritual battle. Here's what the Bible says. Be alert, Christian, Christ follower, of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, so we got an enemy, the devil, Satan, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour Resist him standing firm in the faith. And sometimes we can forget about that, right? We just want to go, right, don't worry about Satan and the evil. But, but it's real. It's, he's there. See, we have an enemy, Satan, and he's dangerous. He's dangerous. 
Here's what Jesus has to say. I don't know if you have a Bible with you, but if you do, I'd love for you to pull that out. Or if you've got a mobile device, you can access the scriptures on our Rolling Hills app. But John chapter 10, and this is Jesus talking. This is Jesus talking. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. So there in verse seven, and now when the Jewish hearers heard this the first time, they said, I am. They would have been like, whoa, I am, because that's right the personal name of God. Right, you're going back to, I am who I am. So he's like, I am the gate. It's going to come down to me for the sheep, for all of us. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, and they will come in and go out and find pasture. Now look at verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus was talking about there is a spiritual battle, right? And the thief comes, the enemy comes, the devil comes to steal our joy, to kill our relationships and destroy our lives. I mean, it's true, right? Jesus was talking about that. Look at this. Satan, our enemy, hates God and all God's for. You're thinking, well, why? Well, if you go back and read scripture, right? Satan was once an angel. He's kicked out of heaven, right? He tries to overthrow God. And so he's down here on this earth. And what is he doing? See, he can't get to God. God is sovereign. He's over all. So what does Satan do? He goes after God's kids. He goes after God's kids. See, if you're a parent here today, right, somebody could do something to you, and you're like, ah, oh, whatever, okay, and you might be upset, and you're frustrated. But they go after your kids, you're like, whoa, 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 time out. You know, uh-uh, uh-uh. Well, that's the thing. It's breaking the heart of God. And Satan knows, man, misery loves company. If I could just take as many people with me, and there's temptations that come all the time, pulling us away from God, pulling us from what God wants from us. And so as Christ followers, we have to be alert. We have to be aware. There is a spiritual battle that happens. I don't know if you're ever in your marriage, if, if you're married, and then do you get in an argument about something and it starts off small, you know what I'm talking about? And then all of a sudden it begins to escalate. And then you just start getting mad and you're like angry and you're going, wait a minute, what happened here? We were talking about Emptying the dishwasher. Next thing you know, we're on to like, what happened in the past 20 years? You know, you're like, where did we go from there? You know? And you have to, at some point, you just go, time out. Something's happening here. This, this is not of this world. That's right. That's right. Satan's coming in because he wants to destroy marriage. He wants to destroy that love. And, that, and, and so you have to go, no, we're going to pray about this. Let's stop about it. We can empty the dishwasher. It's not that big of a deal, okay? But we've got to pray about whatever's happening here because we want to protect our marriage. Same thing, you ever get an argument with your kids and you're just like, why are we yelling? I mean, what, we, what happened here? It, and you can see how Satan's always coming in. And, and the Bible talks about don't let Satan get a foothold in your mind or in your heart or in your relationships. And we have to be alert, we have to be aware. C.S. Lewis, that great theologian, he wrote a book called The Screwtape Letters. And I don't know if you've ever read it, but man, it is a great book. So you, you ought to read it. But he kind of does the same thing. He takes this different perspective and he goes in, and he's like, here's what the demons are talking about. Here's the way they're scheming, right? And he said, the problem with most Christians is we just act like they don't exist. And then we get frustrated, we get angry, right? we, because we don't realize there's a spiritual battle. The second problem is a lot of people take them too seriously, right? And end up being obsessed with them. He's like, no, 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 no. Just be alert. Be aware. Know that you have an enemy that's out there. And you can make a difference. You can make a difference. All right, look at this. We are called to engage in the battle. We are called to engage in the battle. 
And I don't want us to miss that. It says in Ephesians 6, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, right? We've got power, the Holy Spirit in us. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, right? The devil's scheming all the time. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We've got to understand that. You know, sometimes you're talking to somebody and you're like, man, why aren't they getting this? And you're going, well, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is a battle. It is happening, right? And for us to be aware of that. Now, here's the good news, right? We have spiritual armor for the battle. God says, I want you to have this armor as you live and as you move and as you engage in the battle. So Ephesians chapter six, if you want to turn over there, I'll just tell you, it says in verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God. So you put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, and we'll all be attacked, there's all these times in our lives that we go through, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, and then he lists out the armor, verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So the first armor, right, is the belt of truth. God's word is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so all of a sudden, we begin to be discerning. Are the things that I'm hearing, are the things that we're talking about, is it truth? Is it coming in? Is, this, is it measure up to the word of God? Is it measure up with who Christ is? Because there's a lot of junk out there. And you're like, no, that's not right. So we need to have that truth. The belt of truth around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place. You know, the breastplate covers your heart, right? It's the righteousness of God. See, here's what Satan does. Satan will come along and go, what are you thinking? You're trying to get serious about your relationship with God? You know, come on. You remember what you did? You remember all the mistakes you've made? He starts trying to bring those up in your mind. And what you do is you just go, get behind me, Satan. I'm covered in the righteousness of Christ. I'm covered in the righteousness. I've been forgiven. I've been redeemed. I've been restored. I've been made new. And you have this confidence because of what God's done in your life. You are covered in the righteousness. Protect your heart. Guard your heart, right? And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You're putting your shoes on. You're walking into situations and you're bringing peace. Peace into your workplace. Peace into your family. Peace in those situations. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, right? It's Captain America with his shield, but we got the shield of faith, which is even better, which is you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And here's the thing. Satan's going to start throwing these darts, right? Darts of worry, of fear, darts of, you know, doubt, darts of discouragement. And you just go, put up that faith. No, 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 no. My faith is secure. I know who I believe in. I know what God's doing to my life. I have faith. And then he says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the helmet of salvation, you put the helmet of salvation on, right? That I am saved, I'm redeemed, that nothing can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. I am saved by God's grace and by God's mercy. And then the sword of the spirit. Look, here's the thing, right? We must suit up every day and go into battle. And when you get dressed in the morning, (laughs) It's not just, hey, i got to figure out what I'm going to wear today and pick out what clothes, what shoes and all that. No, 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 no. Before you do that, before you check your phone, before you look at your schedule for the day, before you look and scroll through Instagram or whatever, you, know, you go, wait a minute, I want to suit up. I want to engage. 
And so, man, I'm going to put on the belt of truth. I'm going to have the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to have my feet fitted with a gospel of peace. I'm going to walk with peace today. You know, I'm going to take up that shield of faith. I'm going to have that helmet of salvation on. I'm going to have the sword of the Spirit. I'm going to walk in God's word. I'm going to be a disciple of him. I'm going to be an ambassador of Christ. See, we we have defensive armor, but we also have offensive armor. And we aren't called just to live passive. We're called to engage. And the defensive, right, will hold us when those flaming arrows come and those worries and those fears and those doubts, but also the word of God. We can speak truth over people. Also, it says pray in the spirit, that when you pray over people, you're bringing the kingdom of heaven. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We're bringing the kingdom of God into this world. We're bringing hope. We're bringing life. We're bringing love into our dark world. And so God says you engage. So why don't more Christians engage in the battle? I mean, you're thinking that's what we should do. Well, I think what happens is we get distracted. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy, right? We get so busy, and we're doing all this stuff, we're doing all these things, and we know we have a friend who doesn't know Christ, and we're like, we know I need to have a conversation with them, and we know our kid is drifting away, and we're like, but I don't know, I don't want to say the wrong thing, I don't want to, and then I'm busy, I don't have time, you know, or we know, man, I need to help, or I need to serve, or I need to do this, but, but we get distracted, and that's what Satan loves to do. He loves to do that. We get, we get so caught up in the things of this world that aren't even going to last. You know, there's only three things that are eternal, right? God, God's word, and people. <laughs> Everything else is going to be gone. I mean, but are we investing in those things? The, the second one is this. We get confused. There's a crazy story in Acts chapter 19. You can go back and read it later. But, but these seven sons of Sceva... You know, and they go around, they're watching the Apostle Paul do all these incredible miracles and ministries happening, and the church is growing. And these guys are kind of on the outside, they're looking in. And so they see this situation and they go, you know what, we're going to rebuke this enemy over here. And so they go to him, they go, you know, in the name of that Jesus guy that Paul talks about, you know, come out. <laughs> well, the enemy comes and just whips their tail and they go running down the street. You know, that's what happens in Acts 19. Why? Because they just thought, well, Paul's doing it, you know, but they never had their own relationship with God through Christ. And it comes down to us. We can get caught up in religion. We can get caught up with duty, but we've got to grow in our relationship with the Lord. And as we're growing in his word, and as we're having a mind that's discerning, as we're living in the spirit, man, that's when God's doing the miracles. That's when lives are being changed. It's not about check marks. It's about living it out. And the third thing I think is self-absorbed. <laughs> We just kind of get self-absorbed, right? We got to go, oh, I'm just going to pull away. You know, you notice like in that little clip, Hawkeye, you know, he's got his family now, right? You know, Iron Man's got a wife and a daughter now. And it's like, I don't know if I can engage because before, right, I was single, I was in, but man, now, you know, I got, I got other things and I'm doing this and, and, and it's great, man. We need to be spending time with family. We need to be pouring in, but we also need to be engaging. We also need to be pouring out because there's people who need the Lord. So look at this. When you share Jesus, you impact the battle. When you share Jesus, when you share hope, when you share life, it says here, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, exclamation point. I love exclamation points in the Bible. It's like, hey, get this right here, right? In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, our faith is not just past. 
Our faith is alive. Do you know that's what separates Christianity from every other major world religion? Every other major world religion, you know, the prophet, you, know, you go and worship in that they're dead. I mean, it was past, right? You go visit a tomb. But our Savior is alive. Our God is moving. Our God is alive and active today and changing hearts and lives. Look, Jesus is the key to stopping the evil in the world. When we begin to pray, when God's people begin to pray, woo, when God's people begin to speak, when God's people begin to act, lives are changed. I want you to think, I don't know if you study history, but if you, if you love history, I love history. And, and, and you go back and you think about the early Christians. The early Christians, as the church was starting and it was thriving, and then the Romans came in, right? Remember Nero said, Rome on fire, he blamed it on the Christians, and all of a sudden persecution comes against the Christians. I mean, Christians were taken into the gladiatorial arenas. Christians were used as human torches. I mean, you know, to light his power. I mean, it was horrible. The persecution came. Many Christians went to the catacombs, but also Christians began to engage. And there were two major plagues that hit the Roman Empire in about 100, 200 BC, I mean, AD. And, and what happened is these Christians, you know, would be there. And, and when people who were pagans where the people in their families were getting sick and they would bring the people in their sick homes and they would just throw them out in the streets. I mean, their own family members. And Christians were coming and scooping them up and taking them back to their house and nursing them back to health. They were engaging. And you know what happened? Right within 250 years, Constantine becomes the first Christian emperor of Rome. Rome trying to stop the church. The church going, no, no, no. We're going to love. We're going to serve. We're going to give. And all of a sudden transform the entire Roman Empire. Are you kidding me? You think God can bring revival today? Oh, yeah. You think God can change this world today? Oh, yeah. As Christ followers just begin to live it and begin to pray and begin to serve, and people go, I want that. There's something different there. They truly love. Look, look at this one. The reason the gospel is important is that there is an end. <laughs> there is an end. Jesus talks about it in Matthew chapter 24 Matthew chapter 24. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumor of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. For such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, all these are the beginning of birth pains. What's he talking about? The end times, right? He goes, you look around and you can see it. A lot of people ask me, they say, hey, Pastor Jeff, do you think we're living in the end times? I'm like, yeah, I mean, right? I mean, it is. We're closer than we've ever been when Jesus is gonna come back. Jesus is gonna come back and there will be an end to it all. So he keeps going. He says, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and to be put to death and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. You know, and you're like, wow, that's really encouraging, Jesus. Thank you right there, right? But what he's talking about is there'll be the tribulation. And the tribulation is gonna come and it's gonna be seven really hard years. And there's a lot of people that are pre-tribulation people who think the church will be raptured before the tribulation. Um, but I think it's pretty clear, we're either mid-tribulation or post-tribulation, that Christians are gonna be in. It's gonna be tough for a while. But at that time, many will turn away from their faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this is the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. And as a testimony to all nations, 
and then the end will come. So he goes, the gospel's going to go out to all. People are going to hear it, and then there'll be the end, right? See, when Jesus came the first time, and we celebrated Christmas, precious baby born right in a manger, and, and man, this humility, and the grace, and the goodness of God. He died on a cross for your sins and for my sins. But when Jesus comes back the second time, he's coming in all of his power and all of his glory, and nobody's going to miss him. I mean, he's coming right, and he's going to be like, hey, enough, enough pain, enough suffering, and he will separate the sheep from the goats. It will be an end. And for all of us, the church will be raptured and taken home and will be with the Lord forever. So our eternity is secure. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be stressed out. We know. But here's the thing. In the end, we will all face two judgments. Every person that's ever lived, every one of us, will stand before God. And every one of us is going to face a judgment. The first one is this. What did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? And everybody's got to give an account. Did I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior? Did I receive God's grace and mercy? Or did I just live for myself? I think it was all about me. Did it, you know, and I try to save myself. Some people go, well, you know, how can a loving God send people to hell? Have you heard that? God doesn't send people to hell. No, 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 no. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all on this path of destruction. It is by God's grace that we don't go. God sent his son to save us. And God, and the good news of the gospel is this, is that Jesus died. He took our place. And when you accept Christ, you are forever his. And you have new life. And so you can stand confident before the throne. I'm yours. He's like, yes, welcome in, right? But there will be a second judgment. There will be a second judgment. You go to Matthew chapter 25, and he separates the sheep from the goats. And then he turns to the sheep, and he says, what did you do with what you were given? Did you just live for yourself? Was it just all about you and, and building your own kingdom and your own things? Your own, or did you help? <laughs> did you serve? And they're not huge things. It's like, did you give a cup of water to somebody who was thirsty? Did you clothe those who were naked? Did you feed people who were hungry? Well, what did you do? And every one of us as Christ followers, we're going to stay to give an account. And then we know from the book of Revelation, right, that there will be crowns in heaven based on what we do on this earth. Now, I don't think we're going to be walking around and going, wow, look at them. They got all these crowns. <laughs> I only got this little crown, you know, and I'm going to be like, oh, man, I'm so jealous. They're amazing, right? Look at, he's got these guys. No, no, no. What I think we're going to do is we're going to turn around and take those crowns. We're just going to come. And we're just going to lay them at the feet of Jesus. We're just going to say all glory to you. Everything I did in your name, right, for your glory. And how awesome. Then we're going to have a worship service. We're just going to sing and celebrate. Can you imagine every tongue and tribe singing and worshiping all throughout history? Can you imagine the greatest singers of all time, right? Just singing praises to God. I just want to be there, man. I'm just joining in and there will be no more pain and no more sorrow and no more suffering. But for now, God says, you be my ambassadors. You be the hands and feet of Christ. You love, you serve. You give. I've got eternity taken care of. You just trust me. You just trust me. Here's the thing, right? Jesus is our ultimate sacrifice. He is our ultimate sacrifice. You know, in game, right? In game ends. I don't want to be a spoiler alert, but it, you know, in game, the word actually comes from a chess move. When you have almost all the pieces are gone and you go to this desperation move. And an end game ends with 14 million scenarios how the world just ends and is over and Thanos wins. But there's one, one chance 
and it requires a sacrifice. <laughs> Tony Stark, right, and this move, and he gets the power stones, and he sacrifices his life. What is that foreshadowing? What? Because what Jesus had already done, <laughs> Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, the one who in real life gave his life for us, for us. See, just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment, and we are. You know the mortality rate today? It's 100%. Right? I mean, we, we don't like to think about it. We think we're just going to live on and everything's going to be fine. But, but we all will stand before God one day. We'll face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, he's already dealt with that, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. And that's going to be awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be amazing. So here's the deal. In the end, God wins. God wins. I mean, I've read to the end of the book, you guys. God wins. I mean, he is sovereign over all. He ultimately triumphs over evil. Good always triumphs over evil. We know that. And we're on the winning team. So don't live defeated. Don't live discouraged. Live bold. Live with confidence. God is with you. See, look, here's the deal. Run to the battle and not away from it. What if Christ followers, we just go, man, we're just going to run to the battle. Whatever it takes, right? We're going to go. We're going to engage. We're going to love. We're going to serve. We're going to make a difference today. God, I want to give it all for you. There's this iconic picture with Endgame with the Avengers all like heading to the battle, right? Kind of pushing past the excuses of like, hey, we're going to stay on the ranch. We're going to stay here. It's like, no, we want to engage here. Listen, may, may, may we be people who do whatever it takes for the glory of our great God. May we be people like that. God, how do you want to use me? God, what do you want to do through me? Father God, I'm yours. And I want to make a difference today, Father. I can serve at church. I can, I can pray for my family. I, I can grow deeper in my faith. I can have a spiritual conversation with my kids or with my friend. I, God, I just want to invite you in. Invite you in and see you change lives, and see you change hearts. And God, do what only you can do. God, bring peace, bring hope, bring love, bring grace into this world. The Apostle Paul says, man, I've become all things to all people, so by all possible means, I might save some. And God used Paul to impact the world. Just, just that change of mindset, and going, yeah, there is an end, and I, I, wanna, I want my life to count, to make a difference. You know, last week at the Ryman, it was just so amazing. And the worship was awesome and being in God's presence there and celebrating. But I'd asked Tudor, right, to share his testimony. And Tudor, who we met when he was six years old at, at the orphanage. And, and if you were there, Tudor kind of shared a little bit about, you know, he said, I hated holidays. I hated celebrations. He said, when I was a kid, all the other kids in the orphanage would leave. And they would go and be with family members. And I had nobody. I hated it. He's, I would just weep sometimes as a kid growing up. And he, he kind of became mischievous. I mean, he made some bad decisions. And when he was 15, he had to leave the orphanage. He had no place to go. No place to go. He applied to get into, you know, Rolling Hills. We started Justice and Mercy International. And he applied to get into our boys' home. And he got turned down. He was like, no, you, you know, we don't, it's not going to be a good fit. And, and yet when the van came to pick up the boys, he just showed up. <laughs> he had one little plastic bag, had a shirt and a pair of shorts, and that's all he had in the entire world. And he got on the van and went two and a half hours to Kishnau. He gets off, and 
And there's our national director, Alina. She's like, what are you doing here? And he goes, I have no place to go. She said, we'll take you in. And he said, those people love me. And they introduced me to Jesus. And his life has changed. He gave his life to Christ. He started learning English, growing in the Lord and maturing. He ended up meeting Stella. Stella was from an orphanage over at Internet 2. And, and there she was living at the Grace House. And they get married. And they have a little girl, Celine, today. And I said, Tudor, would you just share your story? He said, I'm scared. <laughs> he said, I'm nervous. He said, I, I'm not great at talking in front of people. And I, I heard there was going to be a lot of people. And he goes, I got butterflies. I said, well, you don't have to do it, man. And he goes, no, I have to do it. I want to talk about what God's done in my life. And I told God, any chance I get, I'm going to talk about him. I want to do it. I want to do it. And I just was so encouraged by that because I just thought, any opportunity I have, I want to talk about what God's done in my life. I mean, his life has been saved physically and and spiritually, and and so is ours. (laughs) I mean, think about what God's done in your life. Think about the goodness and the grace of God and just go, God, I'm yours. Whatever you call me to, God, I'm yours. Let me walk in this world. Let me be aware of what's happening. God, let me love. Let me serve. Let me give. And God, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. And let me make a difference, whatever it takes. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. Maybe you've always been scared to share your faith or talk about the Lord and Or maybe today is a day of salvation. And you just go, you know, I need Jesus. I recognize if I stood before the Lord today, I don't know how I'd answer that question. What what have I done with Jesus? And today I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Jesus, come in, forgive my sins, redeem me, restore me. Maybe today you go, you know what? I've just kind of drifted. I've gotten off track. And today I I want to come and just fully commit. Fully commit. God, whatever it takes, God, I want to live it for you. However many days I have left on this earth, God, let me make it count for your name and for your glory. Not just building my kingdom, not just doing things for me, but God, for you, I'm yours. (laughs) Maybe today you can kind of feel Satan getting a little foothold. Maybe there's some things you've been watching. Or maybe there's some, an area with your spouse, with your kids. And and right now you go, I'm going to bring it in prayer. God, bring healing. Bring healing into my marriage or into my relationships or with my roommates or my friends. God, bring healing with my kids. God, bring your Holy Spirit in. God, right now, I confess whatever I've done, God, and I give it to you. Lord, I want to be a man or a woman after your heart. I want to serve you all days of my life. So God, I'm yours. God, I'm yours. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you're a good and gracious God and you're in this place right now. Father, speak to us as we worship you. In your name we pray and respond. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Share this episode with movie lovers, friends, and family in your life. Make sure you subscribe to be notified so you never miss a sermon. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.